Mike Sibley, leader of the James Moore Manufacturing Team. On this episode of Moore on Manufacturing, we're joined by Nancy Kiefer, President and CEO of the Daytona Regional Chamber of Commerce. And on this episode, we're going to discuss the general business climate and thoughts for 2022, uh, where we think 2023 is heading, uh, areas the Chamber is helping with. And, and I really wanted to have Nancy on because she gets a broad perspective. We've got over 900 members in the Chamber and there, there's a lot of perspective that can be gained in terms of what's happening locally, but then a, a lot of that expands to the same thing that's happening on a statewide and even national level. Of course, Florida is a little bit different in some cases in the rest of the nation because of our business climate. Uh, but I think it's great broad perspective to have uh, to have Nancy kick off our year and, and where we think things are heading. So Nancy, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being on. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure to be here. All right. So uh, let, let's jump into I mentioned we've got a lot of members. Uh, I say we uh, have full disclosure. I'm on the board of the, of the chamber, a big fan of all the things that the chamber does for our business climate. So um, so that's what that's why I'm going to say we a bunch of times, I'm sure, throughout the process. So um, but at any rate, let, you know, let's you know, 2020, we obviously we have a pandemic. It's it's craziness like anything nobody's ever seen. 2021 is a really weird year because we're kind of recovering and we're kind of going forward. Lots of labor issues, lots of supply chain issues. Then we get into 2022. Some companies don't really well. Some companies still struggling with labor and some companies just never were able to recover. But, you know, from your perspective and talking to all the members, I know you get out and you talk to them a lot. How do you kind of look at 2022 and, and from what you've heard? Yeah, the, um, you know, 2022 started off to be a pretty good recovery year for almost all industries. As you looked across the board, um, you know, people, the confidence was coming back from the consumer. Businesses were, you know, finally getting back to where they had a, more of a stable workforce. All the, the workforce was very different than what it was pre-COVID. And we can talk a little bit more about that and its impacts. Um, and again, you know, Florida has been an open state. So quite honestly, we did not see such major impacts to business closures. You know, although I will will share that, you know, we definitely see a different model here in Florida. You know, we're still a hospitality based um, economy here. You know, if you look at the chamber's perspective, more than 85% of our businesses are small business. So, you know, we definitely feel the, those particular impacts. You know, on top of recovery and things are going well quarter after quarter, we're actually seeing job growth pretty much across the board. You know, if you look at, you know, we're at an un unemployment rate right now of about 3%, but we did see about a 5% growth in employment, you know, over that time. We get into, you know, the, the last quarter of the year and we get whammied with a couple of um, hurricanes. And, you know, while Florida is well positioned to recover mm -hmm. from those, the back-to-back -back nature of those hurricanes were, were pretty devastating. And I think that I'm just setting us up to have that conversation is how that looks in 2023 and moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when you, you look at the hurricanes, it was kind of interesting because obviously when that happens, you've got people are not working for a period of days. Um, some of the, you know, some of those companies pay, some of those companies do not pay, depending on, you know, what their structure is. You have lack of production, you have everything shut down. And then of course, you've got the damage, the recovery, how you're able to get operations back up and flowing. And so something that might be a, an actual couple of days, two days of impact ends up being a couple of weeks or longer, depending on the damage that, 
that sustain. And that's, that's a pretty hard thing to deal with back to back like that. Yeah, I think it's definitely different than how we've um, recovered from hurricanes in the past. I think that, you know, um, obviously the back-to-back whammies, one was an exit wound, one was an entrance wound. Um, As we looked at those hurricanes, you know, certainly Mm -hmm. from the coastal standpoint and from our hospitality industry, Mm -hmm. um, these are not a month or two recovery. These are long-term recovery issues. So a lot of the conversations we're having on the hospitality side of things are you really have to, um, you know, look at your business model and you have to adjust to that business model. So as an example, for those hoteliers who, you know, were really starting to see an increase in the average daily rate because it's just such a great place to come to visit with the beach access. Now they're having to reduce their rates because the services mm-hmm. and the quality of what they can give for an experience is less. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that mm-hmm. from that perspective. Um, you know, on the non-hospitality side, um, I'm actually feeling a little bit better, you know, about where we are, especially when it comes to manufacturing and some of the supply chain issues. They are starting to clear up a little bit. Uh, when we had our last market watch, you know, we had B. Braun in talk about, um, you know, how they dealt with the, the supply chain issues. And I think, you know, those that have adjusted and knew, you know, obviously their their time frame is a lot longer than what it used to be. And I found it very interesting that instead of one supplier, they've got multiple suppliers now so that they can keep on top of that supply chain should it change, you know, moving mm-hmm. forward. So from the Chamber's perspective, we're very diverse, small business hospitality, all the way to manufacturing, major corporate offices, business services, they're all impacted so differently. So our role, you know, is to continue to find that same center, you know, for business and and help however we can to bolster what's needed for that particular industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point on the supply chain. You know, the, the two things that continue to hamper manufacturers are supply chain issues and and labor issues. And with the supply chain, if you're a manufacturer that has flexibility and can find multiple sources of vendors, you can go to vendor one, two, and three, and possibly get things, you know, your materials that you need in the door uh, a little bit quicker. And it depends on the type of materials and type of product that you're producing in terms of whether or not that you've got that ability to clear up the supply chain issues. On the other hand, um, if your manufacturer has very, very specific uh, production requirements and material requirements and things like that, that supply chain issue is still a difficult issue because you, you might only have a sole source or a single source, especially if you're in heavily regulated um, industries, manufacturers that are heavily regulated whether it's FDA, whether it's defense contractors, things like that, that that have some specifics. So it really, we have a broad range of manufacturers. We have, you know, so many different types of manufacturers here that it's a little bit, um, it's hard to pinpoint just like the diversity of the chamber, you know, it's, it's, it's like that as well. And of course, the big thing that's been talked about for the last six, eight months or so, maybe longer uh, now is inflation. And, and businesses just trying to deal with labor costs and things like that. I mean, have you heard anything from, from the membership in terms of labor costs and supply costs, things of that nature? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely first and foremost on a lot of minds, regardless of the type of business you have. You know, when you're impacted, mm-hmm. and, and I think at one point we were at a 9% inflation rate, 
that's a lot to absorb and it really can't be absorbed. So one way or another, it's going to get passed on, whether it's, you know, cutting expenses, which means, you know, possibly cutting employment levels or passing when you can that cost down to the consumer. Um, you know, those are the options that are out there. I, I will share with you when we did, you know, we had our economic outlook in um, just recently that, you know, he was all excited. He says, you know, we're going to be down to about a 6% inflation. And I thought, well, that's not good enough. We're not used to 6% inflation. So the the reality right. of it is, um, it is a break. You know, we are starting to see a softening of the inflation rate, but at the same time, it's still higher than what we're accustomed to. So businesses really do have to adjust and, and look at, you know, how they can um, realistically um, you know, continue their operations knowing that inflation is still in play. You know, 2024 or 2023, I should say, that's the year we're going into, you know, should be, um, you know, a very conservative year, to be honest with you. But after 2023 is done, there we're talking really some pretty significant positive influences for 2024. So, you know, if we can get through this next year, look at our business model conservatively, mm-hmm. Um, and do our best, you know, to control what we can control, I think everybody's going to be fine. I think we'll see the stabilization of the the workforce. Um, I will tell you, that continues to be a pretty major issue. Um, There are more jobs open than there are people looking for jobs. That is not going to change in 2023. Um, I think the other challenge with that is the expectation of the workforce today. So, you know, they got a taste of working at home Mm -hmm. during... Um, COVID. Um, That was probably the future and what we saw, you know, five years out that just got accelerated. So now that acceleration, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're testing what worked and what didn't work. Um, I will tell you from the the corporate standpoint and from what I'm hearing from most businesses is that um, they want their employees back in their offices. They want to have some hybrid model, if not a pure back in the offices type model, because you can't define company culture. You can't be a part of company culture remotely. So I think that's one of the things that has been learned. Mm -hmm. And I think you're starting to see that trend back to more of an in-office. Now, again, in the state of Florida, so hospitality driven, Mm -hmm. they don't have a choice. You know, customer service is customer service. and You can't do that from home. So, you know, that's been a bit of a a different look from the, the standpoint of Florida. Yeah, and manufacturing has been the same way. They've, they've had to be in in production since the, even through the pandemic, because they, you can't produce this stuff in you know remotely uh, for the most part, right? So, um, and, and even then, the administrative side of things, people have been in in um, in in as well because they're supporting the operations, and so you know, really professional services, and you saw a lot of the banks and, you know, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you do hear a lot more of, Hey, let's come back into the office when we can or hybrid models and, and things like that. And we're actually seeing, you know, just here at James Moore company, we're seeing more people come into the, into the office. Uh, but we're also leveraging the remote model too, because we've been able to hire and we're in 18 plus States now in terms of where employees are, because that's where the talent is. And so, you know, you, t- you tend to change to where, where the talent's going to go. Um, you know, the other thing that's coming up for 2023, and we've been dealing with it now, is, you know, interest rates are going up. You know, the Fed's trying to raise rate. They're, they just raise rates again. They're going to raise them some more. And that, that's, 
diff- obviously you got to get inflation under control. But on the same token, when you're when you're borrowing, you need working capital loans and you need equipment loans and you need things like that. Your interest rate's going to be a lot higher, which is going to make it more difficult to secure the loan, um, or it's just going to make your costs even even higher. Now, everybody I'm talking to is still looking at increase raising prices on everything. Now they're trying to, you know, dial the rate, the amount of that raise back a little bit, but everybody is still talking about raising prices because you have to, at, you know, we're still sitting at 7% inflation and, you know, that's a, and that's better. Like you said, it's, it's on the yeah. way down. And so that's, that's one of the things that, um, you know, is it, it's, it's going to weigh on, on a lot of things in terms of, you know, how, how purchasing CapEx, working capital, all of those things are going to be a little bit more costly for companies to, to, to deal with until, uh, until like they see that start coming back down, basically. I think that's why we're looking at a conservative approach to, to the next year. Um, you know, again, I, the costs are going to get passed on. You just can't absorb that type of an inflation rate. And again, from a consumer mm-hmm. standpoint, you know, my hope is that, you know, people understand it is just the cost of doing business. You know, does it mean people will eat out less? Yes, maybe. Does it mean you'll look at how you do your grocery shopping differently? Likely. Um, thankfully, we're starting mm-hmm. to see, you know, some of the consumer products like gasoline come down and other things that will help. But, um, you know, you can't make up for that in just a couple of months in the new year. You just have to really balance it out as we look ahead. Yeah, no, I I agree with that for sure. And of course, at the same time, you know, we talk about consumer prices, but also, you know, employee employee labor rates are are also going up and trying to, to balance that as well. And I know, you know, with inflation being high, that means, you know, raises and increases in in payroll that's less than inflation is it hurts and so i know most of the companies i work with they're trying to do the best they can for their for their employees and and to make sure they're very competitive and and this has increased you know many in the manufacturing world um you know the average wage is is much higher than in in many of the industries that surround us which is why it's such a great it's a great uh career to 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 move into um, but it still comes with its challenges as well. So with so with that, Nancy, let's talk about some other things moving forward here. I know we were just meeting yesterday, and uh, you know we've got a we've got a legislative branch of our of our chamber that looks at issues and says, okay, here's what we need to ta- tackle uh, this year to make sure we're we're um, proactive for our businesses. So can you talk about some of the legislative issues that? That you guys are looking at and looking to talk to our to our local and state and and even federal uh, legislators. Yeah, you know, um, obviously, um, the, we're going to be bent on the business side of things. You know, we're all about free enterprise and making sure we have a mm-hmm. fair and equitable business environment, and that's that's what our job is. So when we look at the issues, we're we're looking through the lens 
of what's right for business. So, you know, not surprisingly, disaster recovery was one of the top issues. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about that at the beginning, um, but we really need to, to look at how that's going to impact and what we can do to, to look at regulatory issues, how we can help, you know, get through permitting and the DEP and the Corps of Army Engineer, Army Corps of Engineers, you know, when it comes to our coastal restoration. Those are going to be big challenges, and those are things mm -hmm. that are going to require much more than local support. That's going to require state and federal support. Mm -hmm. So that was not surprisingly mm -hmm. one of the top issues. Um, affordable housing. Um, I like to call it um, essential services or workforce housing. You know, we're making a dent in it, but it's still a long way off. And again, it's relative to our um, industry makeup being a hospitality um, community. So um, that is just something that we have to continue to look at. How do we make sure that we continue to grow affordable or workforce housing in the area and, and make that available to um, essential services type um, you know, personnel, because it's, it's difficult, you know, you look at the last six months, you could put your house on the market and in, in, you know, a week it was on, you know, ready to be sold and prices were up. They are starting to come back down. Um, it was, it was absolutely a, a seller's market there um, for a while, but we are starting to see that stabilize. Mm -hmm. Not surprisingly, I think the number well, one so issue. So just to jump, just to jump in there, um, just to jump in, sorry to interrupt for a second, but just to jump in on that, you know, I do think that's something that when you look at affordable housing, it really does cross almost most industries and most, you know, the need, because we, we have to have a plate, you know, manufacturers, while their wages are higher than hospitality and stuff like that, with just how much prices have gotten out of, just you know, have increased so much, you know, just the average home buyer out there and having a place. And if we want to, you said it earlier, we have more jobs than we have available labor. And so if we want to attract labor to this area, we've got to have something that's that's really um, in the range of affordable for for people to get into. So I really think of this as one of the more serious issues that, you know, that we face from a labor availability standpoint. There's a lot of different issues and and people. But I, I just just want to add that I really think that's something that crosses over a lot. And I think it's it's really critical for our labor uh, shortage that we come up with a good plan for our local region. And I'm sure and many other regions are dealing with some of the same things. It's just, it's just one of those things uh, of real estate, but, you know, definitely need a solution there. Yeah, that's certainly not unique to Volusia County or the state of Florida, even, you know, it's, it's an issue and, mm. you know, the, the, um, uh, what do you want to call the the generational trends have changed as well you know there's there's no secret you see apartment complexes and townhouse complexes going up across the county i don't know how they're filling them all but guess what they're filling them all so they're you know maybe in my generation you're a little bit younger than i am um your goal was home ownership now it's like i don't really want to deal with mm -hmm. the home ownership aspect i want experiences so i don't want to be worried about my maintenance and you know all of that stuff that is required so you're seeing a trend towards that more apartment lifestyle and i'll tell you what they're all over the place and they're available. So, um, but that doesn't, that's not the affordable answer because you look at the rents that we're getting in this area and it's mm -hmm. tremendous, but the amenities are tremendous as well. So, um, 
but definitely on our radar. In, in, and I agree with you. And that's I, affordable housing still has a negative connotation if you're, you know, from another area. So I would just, you know, um, mm -hmm. affordable is is you know just making sure people can have a, a place, a roof over their head, and you know can afford to also have a life outside of just being tied to their home. Um, I started to talk about what I think is probably the, the top issue for the community, and, and that is the insurance impacts. Um, I know from a standpoint of you talked about, you know, how do you how do you keep employees? And, you know, if you're providing insurance benefits, and I'm going to start with the health insurance side, we looked at a 25% increase this year for insurance, health care insurance. That's just not sustainable, you know, because while we pay a good portion of it, the employees also pay a portion of it, and that impacts their take-home pay. And you and I just, you know, have that conversation about inflation and keeping up with it. Um, more so, though, we have to look at the uh, the home, the corporate insurances, the homeowners insurance, all of those things that are impacted, and that double whammy, you know, of the hurricanes and the reliance on the state insurance program is we're going to feel that. Um, and obviously, the governor sees that because he just finished up a session on it this last week, called everybody back in and said, mm -hmm. we have to talk about insurance. And, and you know, even the best insurance companies in the, in the world will tell you, we still have to have a competitive and stable insurance climate in order for anybody to, to, to be successful. Mm -hmm. So that's a really big issue. And then I'll just finish it out with, um, um, you know, a constant for the state of Florida is absolutely lawsuit abuse, what we call tort reform. Um, that is, is something that I think we work on every year. We make little strides, but we are still a very litigious state when it comes to, um, you know, very bad abuse of, of the system. So, you know, we'll continue to look at, you know, what does that mean from a, a, a you know, just how do we discourage, discourage these lawsuits? How do we really take a look at comprehensively, not just one case at a time? So that needs attention. And, and again, all in all, the basis of our conversation is workforce, workforce avail availability. How do we upskill the workforce? How do we ensure that, you know, we get people to show up for work? So, you know, all big issues um, and all, you know, impacts across any industry in our in our state. Yeah, those are <laughs> you, you hit on a bunch of a bunch of stuff. This is a big this is a big lift for the chamber. And I know uh, all the members that help support the chamber. And, uh, you know, I know uh, we'll all be going up to Tallahassee in March and trying to do our do our best to try to to talk to them and persuade them to support these things. And so, uh, you know, Nancy, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing some of your thoughts and, and what you're hearing and what you're seeing. And, and of course, I uh, really appreciate what you do and what everybody uh, at the chamber does to support businesses. And uh, it, it's a great investment in, in the chamber to be able to have this kind of broad outlook. I know there's, there's, there's some groups that are very specific, but we also need a group that's broad to make sure it's covering the general business base. And so really appreciate everything you're doing. So thanks for being on today, Nancy. And for all of our listeners, thank you for uh, listening. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. To learn more about James Moore & Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website.
You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve.